Talk Football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on a big weekend across Scottish football. The title race was already on but it's very much on after Celtic slipped up at Aberdeen. Rangers did their bit by beating Livingston and can now go top when they play the Dons tomorrow. And as if that's not enough, the new Pataudry manager is a certain Neil Warnock. I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight you have Motherwell's Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna. Yeah, and quite the weekend as well. As you say, Neil Warnock, new manager at Aberdeen, he's promised to have a real tilt at the Scottish Cup. He's explained why he once claimed to be a Rangers supporter and he's ensured Hugh Keevens is no longer the oldest man associated with Scottish football. All this, and Rangers could go top tomorrow night, Celtic fans protesting at Petaudry, and Andy Halliday and your boys, they'll get another point. Just drawing every week, constantly. I'll pin Andy down on the reasons for that later on. But Andy, it's uh, been quite a few days in Scottish football. It has indeed, and like he says, it does feel what the title race really is on, and it's one that you can fully expect is probably going to uh, go down to the wire. And that's the third time now Celtic have dropped points in the last couple of months against a, you know, a decent Aberdeen side. But now, no, the the man's here, Gordon. I'm a big fan of Neil Waller. I'm delighted to have his personality and his character on Scottish football, and I've already had a, a couple of clips, shall I say, from his, his press conference today that. It made me giggle. The personality and character is not in question. How will the results be? That's what the Aberdeen fans will be wondering. But anyway, plenty on that. 01419511025 and various other talking points for you. This has been an extremely busy weekend. So dive in with us if you can. I'm thinking you Celtic fans might still be pretty angry about the weekend. I was not with you all on Saturday, but I heard there was a few lively discussions about where it's been going wrong uh, for Celtic has the days that passed calmed you down any or are you even more unhappy at dropping points let us know what's going on at Celtic at the moment on 01419511025 at Rangers fans you're keeping up your side of it for now Philippe Clement is the manager of the month you'll be looking to go top I guess with a three goal victory against Aberdeen tomorrow so thoughts there same number and I think this one stretches beyond Aberdeen fans, but it is your moment. You're the priority. You've got a new manager. So what do you make of that? I do think it might extend to just general observers of Scottish football. What do you make of Neil Warnock being given the Aberdeen job? 0141-951-1025. Call us right now and we'll try and get you on next. To set the scene for the weekend, though, what was the result of the weekend, Andy Halliday? I've got to go with St Mirren. Uh, Listen, in terms of the result, probably didn't shock me, but the manner certainly did. To be 3-0 down uh, against Hibs at Easter Road was a, was a fantastic result for Stephen Robinson's men, but my days, Hibs have got a bit of baller just now. Let's see that former Hearts man just want to stick ah, the boot in. I had to get that in, didn't stick the in now. Man who uh, went scored twice for Hearts in the derby. Oh, t- t- he mentions it often enough. What about your result of the weekend? Well, Andy's pinched the obvious one. I'm actually going to go for St Johnson. Um, away up at Dingwall... It is a six-pointer in that sort of relegation zone. Really good goal. Benji Kimpioka scoring. Clean sheet. Um, there's life in Ryan McGowan and Andy Considine yet at the back. And big win for Craig Levine. OK, don't mind that. Good choices this weekend on goal yeah. of the weekend. Anyone going for a bit of tenacity from Halliday just to get it to Blair Spittle, feed it through to Theo Bear? No, not I'm quite. I'm expecting no. right. I, I don't want to... 
I don't want to be that guy blowing trumpets all at Roger. Right, pick okay. that one. Uh, only just won the Motherwell goal of the weekend. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm actually going to go for Bojan Mayovsky. Now, I listened to the show when I was heading for Dens on Saturday and the boys were you know, picking apart where it went wrong, the Burnaby pass into O'Reilly and it gets stolen away. Once that ball gets to Bojan Mayovsky, there's an awful lot of work still to do and he does it very well. People will complain about Mike Narovsky showing him onto his left foot. He's still got a bit of work to do, Gordon. Lovely finish past Joe Hart. A very good goal for Aberdeen. I'd be amazed if you couldn't guess mine. You know what well, I, I like. know you're straight away. As soon as I saw it. There's wonder strikes, there's team goals. Get a bit of both. This was a bit of both. Correct. Absolutely. Lyle Cameron for Dundee. What a fantastic goal. It all starts at left back position with Owen Beck. Lovely clip into the middle of the pitch. Very composed 1-2. Then Lyle Cameron sees that little opening. Cuts inside his right foot. Arrows into the bottom corner. Well done to them both. But I can't help but think Kim Pioca of St Johnston has been hard done by. It was a good goal. I mentioned I thought they'd signed Killian Mbappé for a second. Good Maybe goal. not quite. Uh, howler of the weekend, this should be more fun. Well, we had to split them up because there's two overriding, but you know Andy's <laughs> love of... I think there's more, than, there's two. more than two. Well, sure. listen, I saw one myself, the, the handball against Lee Ashcroft at Dens at the weekend. I'm not going for it. Um, I'll go for the one at Ibrox. Um, I agreed with David Martindale on Saturday. I thought Fabio Silva and Rangers were quite fortunate that the first goal was allowed. I thought it was a high boot by Conor Goldson on David Carson... Really surprised when it went to VAR, the goal wasn't disallowed. But that said, Rangers have probably used to go and scored even more goals that were so dominant. Well, I'll go for the other one then. I thought Stephen McLean had probably one of his easier decisions of the day when Malik Narovsky's went in for his, his uh, chasing the, the sort of tackle and, and catching Bojan Mijowski. And you know, I, I felt, having look at, looking back at that one over the weekend, I think we'd be disappointed. Obviously, he doesn't have VAR to back up on, but yeah, that was that was certainly a second booking. Okay, and man of the weekend, top performer, who's getting the nod, Roger Hanna? By a country mile, Lawrence Shankland. I was at Dens Park, he scored two, he created the other one, he hit the post, and he even managed to get one off his own line when he came back for a corner. Um, it was like watching a 16-year-old in an under-12s game. He was that good compared to everyone else. Okay. Wasn't as good as Theo Bear though. The Bear. Feed the Bear. He wasn't as good as Theo Bear. Not just his goal. I thought his overall contribution throughout the 90 minutes was outstanding. And he was up against some good centre-halves. Lewis Mayo has been, been tipped by his own manager. Got a Scotland call-up soon. Obviously Stuart Finley's had a great career at Comarland as well. But Theo Bear throughout the, the 90 minutes oh, was excellent. I've worked this. And you, know, you know that Tim Hortons that just sits next to Fir Park. I know what's happened today. Theo... I, if I say you're player of the week, you bring me in the Tim bits in the morning. That's how, that's how we'll do it. I thought that was going to be some sort of Canadian joke because that's a Canadian coffee it is. chain and that's he's it. Canadian. It there you yeah. go. He could have been the man that brought it to Motherwell. Anyway, 0141 Get your calls in, please. Let us know all your thoughts from the weekend. Celtic fans, you've had a couple of days to stew over that Aberdeen disappointment. Where did it go wrong? I suspect that feeds into the bigger picture. How's the squad? What about the recruitment? Where are you in your confidence that you still go on and win this title? Rangers fans, a bit easier, as you would expect, on paper at home to Livingston. All your thoughts there, the chance to go top tomorrow. Not said that in a long, long time. St Mirren fans, surely you want to come on and rave about how good that win was at Easter Road. And if there are any other members of the Theo Bear fan club, you can join myself and Andy Halliday on 01419511025. John is a Celtic fan on the line. John, how are you? Yeah, I'm okay, thanks. And thanks for taking my call. Does a couple of days on from Aberdeen allow you time to calm down a bit or are you still as frustrated as, as ever after the weekend? No, I'm... 
basically, we got what we deserved, you know. We did need the, uh, enough to win the game. And um, basically, uh, my point was that we should have signed uh, in the transfer window. And um, I had been saying for a wee while um, that we should have uh, strengthened the... Uh, more so, I would say, in the striking department uh, to help Diogo out. But I would have liked uh, Mioski uh, to be signed. Um, but unfortunately, we didn't get into that transfer market. And as a result, uh, we had a new manager. And I think uh, that his price uh, tag will go up now. Um, so if we do have to go from, we're going to have to spend more than we would have if we did it in from. Well, we had the transfer market to get him. There is nothing surer in this life that if you are a Celtic fan like John who felt that you should have signed Bojan Mioski before the weekend that he's then going to score against you at the weekend. Is this specifically about Bojan Mioski or is this, are we seeing the frustrations from last week from the transfer window feed in and be highlighted by the fact that there was drop points at the weekend? Yeah, it was again a perfect storm at the weekend, yeah. wasn't it? You know, Bojan Mioski been watched by Celtic so many times this season. The decision was taken in January not to sign him. I don't know what the internal chart was, you know, how close a bid it was, you know, to a bid going in. But it was always likely he was going to score. When the Rangers play hearts? Because you know Lauren Shanklin's going to score then, don't you? That's just how these things work out. Um, he's a good player, Mioski. Uh, I don't think he'll be at Aberdeen beyond this summer. He scored something like is it up to is it thirty seven goals in a season and a half or something like that? Fantastic rate of scoring. He's a very very good player. Aberdeen will get a lot of money for him in the summer. And whether Celtic want to get involved in that auction in the summer, well, we can only wait and see. Yeah, it was an area we thought to strengthen. They obviously did so late in the late in the window. Mm. And Adam Aidan, to be fair, I thought his introduction I thought gave Celtic that added impetus in the game. Uh, but you almost felt after the transfer window that Brendan Rodgers and Celtic had to be perfect for the next three, four, five, six weeks. Such was the frustration that built up from the fans. Because listen, <laughs> no John, fellow Celtic fans probably won't like me saying this, but a draw away to Aberdeen at Petaudi has never been a disaster for Rangers and Celtic. But falling straight after the January transfer window, you knew it was going to get blown, uh, get blown even bigger out of proportion. And the fact, the fact that Mark, Celtic were actually really good in the first half. I'd go as far as saying as good as I've seen them for a while, maybe outside uh, Dundee at Dens Park, but in the second half, completely different story. I mean, John, there, there has been a lot of anger, a lot of frustration over the weekend. Is that justified for you? Is any of it over the top, or are you really sort of not happy with the position at the moment? Well, I'm just uh, unhappy. I'd said uh, uh, I last year that I thought uh, Rogers uh, was the wrong man for the job. I mean, I can't believe that he took the job and uh, the board felt the wool over his eyes and he just uh, went along with it. I can't believe. Um, now that we haven't signed Mioski, actually, the reason I said Mioski and I didn't say Shanklin mm-hmm. is uh, I'm pretty sure that um, Rangers will come in for Shanklin because I think Shanklin would have preferred Rangers rather than going to um, Celtic. So I think that uh, will happen. Um, but because we didn't sign him, I had uh, basically, I know it's a bit early, but. Um, saying that I think Rangers uh, will win the league because they're going about their business uh, pretty well and going, I wouldn't say on those, but we are uh, falling uh, way behind and it's going to cost us when, if Rangers win the league and that's them uh, getting mega bucks and we're left behind because we didn't decide to spend money on getting a proven goal scorer. So you think they will, it's got, it's got to that stage for you, you don't think they'll you know, win the league? 
I've watched uh, in the past, you know, uh, Murrow and uh, other games, and we've just uh, sneaked it, or we've not got anything out of it, you know. I mean, we were lucky with uh, Ross County. I mean, uh, their keeper played uh, great right enough, but honestly, I think um, we're stuck, basically. We're no, we're no moving forward, as some of my Celtic fans are saying. We're actually going backwards. I think what the bit that jumped out in there, Roger, for me was the way that, and I'm sure we'll hear this between now and eight o'clock, the sort of searching around for where it's going wrong and, and sort of who's to blame. You know, John feels like the wool was pulled over Brendan Rogers' eyes, he said. So Brendan Rogers isn't getting what he thought he would get. Other people's theory will be that Brendan Rogers is the one that's under delivering or, you know, his part in it has to be looked at. It feels like there is a there's a bit of a scatter gun that, yeah. that always comes out in I'm Glasgow not, when things go wrong. I'm not sure the wool has been pulled over anyone's eyes. The, the Celtic board are quite consistent in the way they go about their business. Um, they don't go and spend £10 million bringing in players, £8 million bringing in players. I think they've only, you know, once, and it was Brendan that was in charge when Odson Edward was signed for about £9, £10 million. That is the only time they've ever done anything like that. Christopher Julian, I think, is the second highest transfer fee at £7 million. In recent times... Jota in, in that ballpark. Yeah, yeah we'd be close, we'd be close to Carter Vickers as well. Um, I didn't expect any £9 million signings coming. I'm quite sure Brendan Rodgers didn't expect any £9 million signings coming. I think maybe what fans like John did expect was maybe a couple of £4 million wins in the last window. You never know why these deals don't go through. And my understanding mm. is Celtic were close to a couple... It didn't quite happen. Um, but for me, Celtic have still got a very strong squad. You look at the table, John, tonight, Celtic are still top of that league. And I'm surprised to hear you saying Rangers are going to go and win the league. That's a, that's a chart we tend to get from Rangers fans, quite rightly, on this show. But also, Andy, if we're talking specifically about the weekend, whoever was signed was going to be a backup to Kyogo. I think we accept that. Adamida, for a lot of people, looked perfectly fine when he came on and didn't do anything wrong. And it's it's not his fault that Celtic dropped points. So this is where it all becomes, you know, in the one big mixing pot about, okay, Celtic's failure to sign a striker's what's costing them, even though it possibly isn't what cost them at the weekend. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it, it just feels as if somewhere along the line, you know, people within Celtic aren't on the same page, whether that is Brendan Rodgers or the board or, or whoever's in, in charge of recruitment. Because you know, quite uh, quite right when Roger says it seems as if Celtic were going after certain targets at left back at striker. It took very late in the window for the striker to get in the door Adam Ida. So was that he's the first, second, third transfer target? But then when you look across the, the recruitment as a whole, Celtic's model has worked very very well for them over the last few years. But your issue is when you have a January transfer window and a summer transfer window with the six, seven, eight that came in the door, and you're now looking at February saying who's been a success? Maybe one, maybe two then at mm. least the frustration for the Celtic fans. What about Craig and Stuart and Craig? How, how are you feeling about everything? Um, no, I, I phoned in the start of last week when the transfer window had only about two days to go. Um, and I was basically just stating how nervous I was feeling personally about the transfer window and, and, and how, we, how we had to get it right. Um, and I just think that the, the result of the weekend's proven that we didn't get it right. Um, now, I, I did say that I didn't feel the need for another winger but I'll be honest with you I was quite impressed with Clune when he came on I thought he looked quite sharp yes he was lucky to get his goal but I thought he looked sharp when he comes on and when the big striker came on I thought he didn't do anything wrong he held the ball up well a couple of touches around the box but I just think it's very frustrating how it's changed between now and even six months ago 
when Anne seemed to have a free reign to do what he wants, and it's almost as if Brendan's come back, and we're back to that way where the purse strings are getting probably worked from above. And I just, I don't know what your thoughts on that are. It's, you know, Craig, it, it's sort of like comparing two different things. When Ange came in, you need to remember the circumstances when Ange came to the football club. Celtic had lost the league, and more importantly, they'd lost 12 or 14 players. You know, Ange needed to go, whoever had come in at that stage was going to require funding to go and completely renovate that squad. And he did renovate the squad to remarkable success. Five trophies out of six, I think. So when Brendan came back, there was never going to be... Imagine how much money it would take to renovate the current Celtic squad, the one that had just won five trophies out of six, um, to get somebody better than Kyogo, to get somebody better than O'Reilly, to get somebody better than Hattati or Carter Vickers, or Maeda, you know, it, it's we're comparing different things here. So when Brendan came back in, it was a case of you know steering a successful ship and adding a player to it here or there, rather than adding a dozen players to it. And I think the, the spend last summer, you know, the club were looking to bring in young players who would support the successful first team. And then when the likes of this summer, when Matt O'Reilly moves on. They were looking for a, a Bernardo or a home to be ready to step in and replace O'Reilly. You know, they were looking at perhaps Yang to be ready to come in and step in when, say, Abada moved on, things like that. And at the minute, you know, there has been criticism of a lot of the summer players. Quite rightly, there were failures in there as well. Marco Tellio's gone already. Kobayashi's not done well. There are others in there who haven't done well as well. But sometimes, you know... People say, oh, you know, Brendan didn't get what Ange got. It's completely different circumstances. You know, Craig said the weekend proves that Celtic got the, the window wrong, but it's not that simple if we're all, because Craig in the next breath said Adam Eda and, and uh, Nicholas Kuhn were quite good. I wonder if the one area again at the weekend is the fact that Burnaby had to start and he then came off. He's had a lot of criticism. I'm going to spoiler here because you and I spoke about this before coming on. You don't actually think he was as bad as not people made out. No, and I think it's very, very easy if Celtic were going to get drop points. I think they were going to point at one position because they were desperate for a left back in the January transfer window. But I thought Burnaby was fine. I actually thought the decision to take him off, in hindsight, obviously, when you look after the game, was the wrong one by, uh, by Brendan Rodgers because Anthony Ralston, for all his strengths, is a right footed player playing left back. So anytime he got the ball, you know, Burnaby in the first half was getting Celtic up the pitch, he was carrying the ball, he was playing passes forward. But Anthony Ralston, when he comes on, once you take on your stronger right foot, Aberdeen would press when we pass it back to the centre half. Do you think he paid the penalty for the pass that let Aberdeen spring for the goal? Potentially, but I think then when you actually watch it back, Celtic then commit bodies forward. Palmer's already, you know, assuming whoever it is, I can't remember who's about to receive, it's going to, you know, be secure with the ball. They commit bodies forward and Conor Barron does great to nick in. And yeah. then after that, the shape's all over the place. One pass puts them through, which... For me, one pass, eight yards out, you shouldn't end up being one-on-one with a, a defender in should, the opposition should, half. Shouldn't have Rocky have defended the situation differently than he did? That's another thing we spoke about as well. I, I actually think initially he defends it very, very well. But once you end up square against someone like Miofsky, who's shown he's very good at going both ways, for me it's going to be very, very di- difficult to defend a 1v1 situation in that. But initially he does great. He's shown him outside which is where you want to be because you always fancy your goalkeeper's going to save it for that tighter angle. But he then gets his feet muddled, end up squares... And then mm. Miofsky does the rest Craig, of that. The last fan went as far as to say he thinks that Celtic won't go on and win the league from here. How do you feel about that? You know, it's quite funny because I was actually talking to one of my friends before I come on here who's 
I'd seen him a holder at Ibrox and I said to him, and I said, I still think Celtic will win the league, but because we, we don't know the signings that Rangers have made in the Jan, uh, January transfer window are going to be successful. So until that's proven differently, I think we can still go on and win the league. But if these, these players that they've brought in turn out to be superstars, it might make it a bit nervous towards the end of the season. I just think the January transfer window for me is the most pivotal transfer window out of the summer and the January one because you've got into the, the tickly bit of the season as I like to call it and I, I agree with what Andy said. I think Burnaby played pretty decent but I also think that he was kind of at fault for giving the ball away which led to the goal. I also think that if, if Carter Vickers was, was in the place of the Rocky, I don't think that goal, that goal goes in. I think Carter Vickers defends it better. And I also think that Joe Hart could have moved his feet a bit quicker to get across there. But it, it's like the old saying, if you pick the six numbers in the lottery, you'd be a millionaire. But it's easy criticising a game or scrutinising the game when, when once you've watched it if you know what I mean yeah it's as good a saying as any thank you very much to Craig on 01419511025 and if you want to join in call us right now you are the voice of Scottish football call 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna are here 01419511025 or Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it these days at Clyde SSB and Mark is on the line there's a fair bit of negativity if that's the right word Mark amongst your fellow Celtic fans is it is it fair is it over the top where do you sit I'm kind of in the middle with it Gordon if I'm being honest uh, I, I think that uh, first and foremost the, the performance of the weekend I mean, we could have been out of sight you know or we didn't have great chances but we had enough chances to win the game and then by not getting that you know not, not getting that goal Aberdeen scored a great goal through Majowski, who probably should have been wearing the hoops, let's be frank. We should have went out and signed him. Uh, but I, th- I think that's the biggest problem for us right now is in the club is nepotism. I think it's rife throughout. We're no longer appointing best in class in, in various positions. You've got, obviously, uh, Dermot Desmond's son is involved somewhere on the board. Peter Lavell, his son's then involved. I believe Gordon Strachan, two of his sons, have one of them's in recruitment, one of them's on the bench. Uh, and for me, it's just appointing folk because you know them. No longer appointing best in class. And that leads to a malaise. And uh, we're not taking the club forward off the park or indeed on the park. And even, you can even argue that the appointment of Brendan Rodgers was, was almost a wee bit nepotism because it's more or less appointing somebody that you know rather than going out and seeing who's about and who's best for the job. Mm. I, I don't have enough knowledge to know who is or isn't best in class when they launch these recruitment campaigns, Mark, but I do wonder if we, uh, in general, become a bit selective when the last time Celtic were struggling, there was a lot of criticism for Gavin Strachan, one of the names you mentioned. iPad boy. iPad boy or laptop boy or whatever he got called on this show. All of a sudden, he's part of Ange Postacoglu's all-conquering backroom yeah. team and nobody ever mentions it. But now things are going bad again and, and there's nepotism. Are we a little bit selective? Possibly, yeah, but fans are fickle, let's be frank, and we're all guilty of that, all of us that support a club. But I just think that, you know, it's not a good look for me, and, and optics are important, and how things appear matter. And right now, it just appears that we're, we're just appointing folk. You know, I, I don't know what the boy mm. Mark Lavell, I don't, what, what's his role? I mean, he's, he's came out of nowhere, but doesn't look good that he's Peter Lowell's son. Uh, Strachan, obviously, Gavin Strachan, 
was successful under Ange and he's been there a wee while now. So maybe, and apparently he has got a good reputation as a coach, but just in general, it's just not a good look. Mm. And I yeah. think that we, we could probably be doing better. Optics is a great word for this, I think, Roger, because I was at Celtic's AGM working and someone asked, you know, why is Mark Lowell in that, that job? And it was explained that he's, he's part of the City group and has been, which yeah. is obviously quite a successful football operation, and that he was brought in at the request of Ange Postacoglu. Yeah. Now, again, though, the important word here is optics because I don't I don't think Mark needs me to convince him of that. I don't necessarily want to convince Mark of that. that that's the official explanation. But what Mark says is true, the optics. See if fans don't want to swallow that. I always think it's um, a great word because what you and I think of as optics is different from what Hugh Keevans thinks of as optics. <laughs> thing behind but, the bar. Exactly. But listen, Gavin Strachan is there on merit. Nobody was complaining about Gavin Strachan when Celtic were winning five trophies out of six with Ange Postecoglou. Ange Postecoglou was delighted to have Gavin Strachan in his backroom team. You know, you asked there, Mark, about your name, say, Mark Lawwell. Mark Lawwell had 10 years with the City Group. Mark Lawwell was brought in at Ange Postecoglou's behest because Ange had worked with him in Yokohama and knew what he brought to the table. And no one was complaining about Mark Lawwell when Ange Postecoglou was winning five trophies out of six. So... For me, you know, it's a bit like the criticism of Gavin way back in the day when he was getting the laptop boy jibes. They're easy targets. And sometimes it's unfair to take mm. a, you know, to direct the criticism but, towards them. But that said, for Mark and all the other Celtic fans, they're seeing a club that should have been really kicking on from a position of strength and saying, well, it must be going wrong somewhere. So it's not... T- at the same time, whilst, uh, whilst we can't be selective, you'd also respect Mark's chance to, say, to, to examine where is it going wrong? Because clearly everything's not rosy. It can't be. I know what you mean. And you listen to the reaction of Celtic fans. I listen to the forum when I was sitting at Dens Park on Saturday. I listened to the first three calls again tonight. A huge number of Celtic fans unhappy. But, Gordon, they are top of the league still. Um, they're in the fifth round of the Scottish Cup at the weekend. Um, they haven't lost too many games of late. I agree with Andy. Taking an isolation... I don't think a one mm. one draw at Petodre is dreadful. I did a feature in the Scottish Sun on Saturday with my old pal Xander Diamond. About the, day, the day he scored twice and Aberdeen took four off Celtic up there when Gordon Strachan was the manager. I remember Aberdeen beating Celtic in the snow when the players were going round in their wee conga at the yeah. end throwing snowballs at each other. So Celtic have dropped points at Petodre in the past. Sure, but They'll I, drop points at Petodre in the future. I'll, let, I'll almost ask this but let Mark answer it. The fact that Celtic are still top of the league is not... That's not that encouraging, Mark, is it? Given that it could be for another 24 hours and you were in such a strong position weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, in any other circumstance, if you were, you know, if the league was nip and tuck the whole way through and you were sitting top just now, you'd be happy enough with that. But the fact is we were, what was it, eight points clear about, I don't know, six, seven weeks ago, uh, however many weeks it was. So it's not good. We've not been in a great run of form. We've not looked convincing against anyone for a wee while, other than Bucky Thistle. Uh, and we really need to start putting teams to the sword. We're creating plenty of chances, but just don't look like scoring. Despite creating all those chances, Kyogo needs dropped. Quite frankly, I played a boy Ida on, on a Wednesday night. Uh, Kyogo needs a spell on the, on the bench because he's offered nothing uh, for the last wee while. So we, we, need, we need to start putting teams to the sword because Rangers have found a good one under Clement there's no doubt about that he's took what is a fairly average Rangers team and made them very competitive Can I ask you Mark a lot of the calls in this show from Celtic fans 
circulate around the board and the recruitment department and signings and investment and things like that. But what you've just said there about performances, when do the players and the manager come under scrutiny? Well, yeah, absolutely. I think they're always under scrutiny at, at one of the, the Glasgow clubs, let's be frank. Uh, not so much when you're winning and winning easily, but we've not been doing that lately, so the scrutiny is always going to be there. I think the style of play right now is it's a tough watch watching Celtic. It really is. It's you know if, if, if the goals were on the sidelines, we'd be world champions because it's just left to right and back to front and left to right, and it just lacks any kind of penetration. Uh, and it stifles Kyogo, who is for me still arguably the best player in Scotland, but he's not getting a kick, and he's frustrated. So we need we need to I don't know we need. To, Start getting balls in the box. That's where I'd play the big guy. I maybe playing with Kyogo. Is that something? Bring Kyogo yeah. to life. Is that something you recognise, Andy? At the end of Brendan Rodgers' first time here, there was an accusation that it was a bit slow, it was a bit pedestrian, it was a bit side to side. I must admit, I don't actually see that now that the way that it was at the end of that first spell. Um, but I am a layman, and Mark watches Celtic more, and you know more about these things. Is that is that what's holding Celtic back? I think Brendan Rodgers Celtic's always been a more control based possession style and, and, and listen I think when you go from Postacogo where it's that again boring with the, with the jargon here but the progressive possession where you're looking to play forward all the time attack get shots on goals and then go back to what they were before when Celtic fans were so excited what they're watching previously it might seem a wee bit tedious and slow and but again, I, I refer, if I'm just referring to the game in isolation I thought Celtic were really good in the first half but then again in the second half is that sort of you know, two ways you can look at it with the way Celtic perform is I always feel that when they play at a tempo, even though it's controlled possession, but mm. when they play quick, controlled, tempo, intensity, it's still very, very difficult for anyone in the league to deal with, such was the first half. But then the second half, passive, slow, turning down decisions to play forward, you then get to what becomes a stuffy game. But then on the flip side, I thought Aberdeen were a, I thought Aberdeen the first half were a carbon copy at Aberdeen at Celtic Park when they lost five 0 so passive, weren't getting Open. close to anyone, weren't making any tackles, and then the second half can put a different intensity, and then that's why, you know, we, 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 met, we, we mentioned that goal as Rogers laughing next to me, oh. Connor Barron with an interception for the goal. I've just, laughing at. I've, I've just had a text. From Peter Lowell, no? No, from a Nokia near you. Oh, jeez. He's, <laughs> he's not text me, so... so I, saying, I, I forecast 1-1 one, one in the show, how about them optics? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you to Mark and Clyde Bank Joe is in Pollock Joe there's a bit of a, a blame game I think maybe going on who who needs to carry the responsibility for Celtic being pegged back like this Rogers, definitely what's he done wrong yep I'll say Rogers and upstairs right t- talk to me more about Brendan Rogers then because we've done a bit about recruitment and transfers and all that stuff so what what's he not doing for you at the moment what's he was promised all sorts of money didn't happen. He's bought a young boy, Kuhn, or we call him that Chinese-Japanese guy. No, he's he's from nowhere oh, yeah. near there. But anyway, Nicholas Kuhn. German. Here. Yeah, he's German. Oh, but just, just not good enough. I've dropped our heads. Rogers has totally chucked it to me. He's not interested in Celtic. He's, he's dropped his head. And to me, the fans have chucked it. 100% have chucked it. Uh, has he chucked it? I don't know. He's... There's a lot going on there Listen, I don't think he's chucked it um, You listen to him before the game on Saturday He was urging the board to be braver in the transfer market It sort of echoes of 
his sort of third and final season, first time round, if you like, when he was looking for bigger money and bigger decisions and, you know, more, one of a better word, glamorous signings, if you like, rather than the sort of project signings that the club has invested in in the last few years. Um, I thought he spoke well again on Saturday night after the disappointment of dropped points. He certainly hasn't chucked it. He will not want a title failure on his CV. Uh, you know, Brendan Rodgers will move on from Celtic at some stage and will want to go back into one of the elite leagues in Europe. And he'll have a better chance of doing that if he wins more silverware for Celtic. So he will be as determined as anyone to win this league. He's won every league that he's contested in Scotland. He'll want to maintain that record this season. But I think this will be the biggest title fight he's had as a Celtic manager. Has he chucked it? I don't think so. I don't think so. But uh, no, it's funny because I was looking during the break. There's been so much talk in terms of recruitment and who Celtic have brought in. I'm looking at the names here. Who out with Palma has actually had a proper run in the Celtic side to know mm. if they can get to the level that Celtic want to be at? You know, I look at, you know, Yang for me, uh, you know, Celtic fans might, might disagree, but I think in spells he's shown he's a good player. Anytime he came off the bench, I think he's made an impact. You know, when he's had that opportunity to start, it seems as if you've got 45, 60 minutes to prove that you're going to be brilliant. Or if not, you're out and you're not playing again for two months. I think home for me is the exact same. And listen, it's Bucky Thistle. I know it's highly league mm-hmm. opposition, but he gets his opportunity against Bucky. Plays really well, scores. Again, not been seen, not came off the bench in either game. And then you look at who's been the real benefactor of our run of games. Paul Bernardo. Couldn't get near the Celtic t- team for the first two or three months of the season. But then through probably more luck than design in terms of lack of options in the middle of the pitch... Has kept the jersey ever since because how good he's been. Uh, right, this is a an interesting one. So my apologies. There appears to be some sort of technical difficulty with the stream, uh, which has gone down. However, if you're watching on the stream, you won't be able to hear me saying this. So I'm actually apologising to people who are not affected because they're just listening on the radio. But I just thought I'd put it out there anyway uh, for anyone who's interested. I think it is down at the moment, and we will is try that, our uh, best. Is that a fault of the Celtic board? I think it's that text from Hugh Evans. Possibly. Oh, I think we're back on YouTube. Apparently, YouTube is back. So with any luck, you'll be able to see Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday in all their technical glory very soon. Let me thank Joe and tell you about this. There you go. If you're on Facebook and Twitter, get yourself on YouTube. It should be fixed over there by all accounts. It is a rollover on Make Me A Winner. The last time out, we had a hello on the phone, which under normal circumstances is fine. Not in this competition. Make me a winner. The four words, that's what you need to say. And you could now be the winner of £114,000 tomorrow. But only if you're in the draw. Text yes to 61025. £2 to text plus your standard network rate. Enter at Clyde1.com for £2. Or call 0330-880-4523. And the calls are charged at a standard rate. It's over 18s only. And the entries since Cornell won on Friday have rolled over. All the rules for this network competition are online. If you get the call after 3pm tomorrow, answer within five rings, say make me a winner straight away and you can win £114,000. Text yes to 61025. 0141-951-1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We should be back up and running on the live streams. Apologies for whatever's gone on there. Edwards and Haddington, how are you Edward? What's your take on all things Celtic at the moment? Hey lads, thanks for taking the call. Um, 
just my disappointment with Brendan Rodgers, really. I have just a wee bit of a rant, um, just to get it off my chest. Go for it, that's what we're here for. How I feel about it, whether it makes any difference. I know the, the supports, most of the sports split like over it, but the way I see it, um, sorry to rhyme on, but the way I see it is, since Rodgers came in, since that bad result at Kilmarnock, down in Kilmarnock, we would drop points, which can happen. Kilmarnock's a good wee team, fair enough. But um, ever since then, he's convinced us, well, not me, but he's convinced most of the media, he's convinced most of the fans, he's convinced the players, and I don't think the board's buying it, that the, the players are no good. That we're just, that we need more quality, we need more this, we need more that, and every time he gets, every time we get a bad result, he sits back and says, oh, we need more quality. Yeah, the players that said he won't play them, okay, he might think they're good enough, but they can't be that bad. So, like, you know, they can't be that bad. And he's just he's just coming out, and if they are bad, he's not making them feel any better, coming out and telling them they're rubbish all the time. You know, and the board, I don't know, how can it be the board's fault that Kyogo's not scoring goals? Surely that's the manager. So this is really on, on Brendan Rodgers for you? think he's brought a bad atmosphere to the whole team well it's obvious to see it wasn't like that last year you know what I mean okay Ange forget about Ange he done well he was here and gone done us a good turn but we went back away we went back to a guy that's sitting he looks like he's in a depression I hope he's not but he just he done the same at Leicester every time they got a bad result oh it's the players we need more players we need more quality they ended up getting relegated and he's doing the exact same thing and I just can't for the life of me can't figure out how anybody can see it any different way. His football's rotten. His personality's rotten towards the players. I mean, who'd want to play for him? The other side of the city there, the guy Beale, you know, he wasn't getting a tune out of Rangers. This man's came in. All them players, the Rangers fans, was coming on and saying it was no good. He's now getting a tune out of them. They're playing brilliant. Fair play to them. But it just shows you it can be managers. You know, it can be. Roger. It's not the players all the time. One of the callers earlier on, Edward, so I think it might have been John, the first caller, a fellow Celtic supporter like yourself, said Rangers will win the league. Now, I know Celtic have injuries just now and there's players away in the Asia Cup, but if everyone's available, Celtic can have Joe Hart, title-winning goalkeeper, Johnson, Carter Vickers, Scales, who's done very well this season, and Taylor, three of the back four that won the league, won the treble last season, a midfield of O'Reilly, Hatate and McGregor, won the treble last season, and a front three of Maida, Kyogo and Abada. Abada didn't play all the time because Jota played, but won the treble last season. So the players there at the football club are coursing distance. They've, they've won trophies in Scotland. They've played very well in Scotland. This season they haven't played as well. Um, the way... So the, I think that's Edward's point though, yeah. isn't it? Well, what's, been the, yeah, what's the, changed? The manager's changed. And to a certain extent... The mood around the place has changed as well because Ange Postecoglou was always very supportive of his players, and I think Edward might, might have a point. You know, if you're a player at Celtic and you continually hear the manager saying we need more quality, then that is bound to have an effect on you at some stage. In my opinion, I agree. And in my opinion, it's him that's got the fans in a bit of uproar about this January window. We're never going to get a decent... You're going to get half deep. You're not going to get no great players in January. Any decent player's not going to leave their club and the club's not going them to go. And be realistic, we can't afford a £15 million player. His wages would be too high. But the point I was so making, Edward, is you don't necessarily need that to win the league because the, the, the squad so should either. be strong enough to win the league. 
100% agree with you sir I'm just wondering agree. what I'm just wondering what Andy Halliday thinks about no good players move in January Andy's the exception that proves that rule Edward's correct Andy Halliday is the exception It's only, it's only done to the, the move in January Edward, Don't speak about the Malwell like that Gordon Edward you know what you make a lot of passionate points Edward thanks for sharing them I do want to squeeze one more in before the news and that will be Mark in Mary Hill Mark the old scattergun is out who's who's to blame for all this or is anybody to blame I don't know is it all about over the top what do you think well you've obviously got to look at what are issues and to me it's the both and the management uh, I was under influence Brenda Rogers got brought back to do something in, in the Champions League he's done everything domestically um, this was this window was the first window to show what the board were going to do to back him and what kind of player him and his scouting system and Celtic scouting system has pinpointed very disappointing and he started it all off very bad. And I think the third game or something like that, after the game, we didn't play too well. And he came out with a comment and said, I will make this team a winning team. And he wasn't talking about, oh, they're not good just now, we'll make them a winning team. He was talking about, he's going to make that a winning team. That must have been so disrespectful to some of those players in the changing room because he took over a treble winning team. And for it to come away and make statements like that, He's obviously upset some people in that in addressing them because they're not playing for him. Um, so I would like to know what is Celtic's aim of bringing Brendan Rodgers back? To uh, me, it wants to do something in the Champions League. We've just had the first window to get ready for the summer and we've done nothing. So it's the board and the management. Now, my biggest concern now is if Rangers go on to win the league, what are the chances of Mr Rodgers doing a mark two? and doing a 12 o'clock midnight flitting to the first club that comes in for him. Andy, um, the Champions League, we've kind of been there before. Is it when the domestic dominance gets thrown into question? That, that's really when the real alarm yeah. bells go, because with the best will in the world, you, you could do a lot right and still fall short in the Champions League. It's not easy to come in and say, oh, well, I'll just do something in the Champions League, but, but this is obviously a bit different from what we've been used to domestically. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, listen, but Mark, Mark's right. I think a big part of his dream at when he came was is to continue Celtic's dominance domestically, but improve in Europe, absolutely. But you can forgive not going through in a group that's got Feyenoord and Atletico with the money they fling around. Obviously, I think the big disappointment is maybe not getting that third spot over Lazio. But anyway... Domestic football is Celtic's bread and butter, should be their bread and butter. They've already lost the League Cup, which their rivals Rangers have obviously went and won. And now the frustration just building because that seven-point lead that we were talking about two months ago is gone. It's then built up frustration from the January transfer window, which, by the way, the narrative was built from this manager that they were going to bring three or four new signings in, spoke about it in countless, countless interviews. But again, I agree with Roger, fundamentally on paper, Celtic have got a very good squad. What they needed was a couple of additions. And I sat here with you two last Monday saying I would be amazed if Celtic don't bring in more. It's next Monday and I'm amazed they only brought in one more. I, I, that, I think it's a remarkable situation that Celtic find themselves in because they are leading. They've won both old firm games this season. The Champions League's a red herring. Scottish teams will not succeed ever again in the Champions League. The gap's too big. Third place in the Champions League group at getting into the latter stages of the Europa League is where Scottish teams should be aiming, Andy. And you're right, Celtic will be annoyed they didn't finish third. But the calls we've had to this show in the last week or so from disgruntled Celtic fans reminds me of three seasons ago when the 10-in-a-row season collapsed around their ears. Then you could understand the angst of Celtic fans 
Um, they were losing at home in the league cup to Ross County. They were falling way off the pace in the league. I think the Rangers won the league in something like the 7th of March. Celtic season was a complete write-off and the supporters were right to phone this show and vent their anger. This season, they're top of the league. And it's just, it's just astonishing mm. the way that this season, from an old firm win in December the 30th to now in the first week of February, how things have turned around for Celtic. You don't have to tell this guy. That's when he joined this show and that's why he had a smile on his face for the first few months. That's why we've kept him all, the, yep. all this time. Um, but Mark, it's not about that, is it? Tell my learned friend here, it's surely about the fear of what's going to come. Rather, You know you're top of the league. You know you've beaten Rangers twice. But this is clearly about what you think is going to happen come the end of the season. Definitely. If, if we lose to Rangers, um, if we lose the league this season um, and a half-decent premiership club comes in for him, He's going to be looking, going well. Coutinho's took the ball running at Ibrox. Hmm, what am I going to do? Am I going to stay up here and fight it out, or am I taking the back door? Now, one of your um, colleagues mentioned earlier on, or they listened to him at the weekend and he spoke well. Brendan Rodgers can speak immaculately. What, what a speaker of, of words this man is! But one of the things he says was, "Well, when we were looking, we were, we did look at some players, but they weren't good enough. Why look at them?" Don't use people know what you're doing. Imagine going to look at a player and then say, oh, he's not good enough. You must already know before you get to see that player if he's going to be any good or not. Do, you, do you worry, Mark? You say the things Brendan says. Do you worry? He spoke in December 30 after the old firm win and dismissively said, oh, all the time I've been up here, Rangers have always been coming. Do you worry that those words might come back to haunt him? Um, I don't know. Then whatever happens at Ibrox will happen at Ibrox is, there's nothing um, people say oh you've made some comments and we're going to stick it up the changing room I, I don't think it's one of them he's made a comment but I, I, I do believe what, what continues done well they've, they've definitely found a great manager there to be able to take that squad the way they were playing you, Bill got the best out of them that was it but this man has managed to take them that extra level so what is he going to be able to do in the summer when he brings in his own because I guarantee, I guarantee he's still there next season I don't feel that way about Brendan Rodgers. We will see, Mark. Thank you very much. And it is that time of the night already. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. Oh, a real mixed bag on Beat the Pundit last week. The pundits were on the ropes, it has to be said. Let's see what a new week brings. 01419511025. And the lines close at 7. Tackle the headlines. 0141951 Play one super scoreboard. Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna are here on the usual number. It has been wall-to-wall Celtic frustration in that first hour. If you want to keep it going, you know where we are. If you want to change the subject, please do. Rangers fans, the chance to go top tomorrow. Not said that in a long, long time. How do you feel about it? How do you look back on the weekend? And where are you Aberdeen fans? No matter who was appointed it was always going to be a big deal one of the biggest clubs in the country but Neil Warnock eh what's he going to bring 01419511025 and whilst you get your calls in let's play this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online thescottishsun.co.uk slash football right Beat the Pundit time I like this I like what they've done on the line Jude is in Greenock and he's a Morton fan the first Motherwell Morton meeting of the week. The first of two, Jude. What would you rather beat Andy Halliday at this or knock Motherwell out the cup on Friday? 
knock Motherwell out of the cup. I thought you might say that. Don't worry, Jude, you can do both. I've got bad memories, actually. I think I was down there the last time. The league, was that the League Cup? Do you remember that, Jude? Yeah. A couple of seasons. Well, it was more than a couple of years. 2015-ish. I remember that. Ian Barclough. You said the same about Alloa in the last year. No, that was different. I was down there and... Um, Working as well, trying to be professional, and it that wasn't that wasn't a great night. And funnily enough, because Sammy tweeted in, it's not only me that's got bad memories of Capolo. Sammy says, I'm just wondering if Friday will be the first time Andy Halliday has played in front of fans at Capolo since he got sent off for that terribly offensive gesture to the Morton we'll fans. Yeah. We'll be. Remember that. I keep my hands in my pockets. Is this that time. your like worst, like your most frustrating sending off a ticket of your career? Uh, well, I've only had two in both of them. Oh. Uh, no, sorry, I have three. But the two... Oh, the one where you lost the rag after the Celtic game was deserved fully. Oh, right, clearly. I've had four. All right. I've had four. I, for- <laughs> I forgot about that one. not count for oh. after the no, game? No, my, my, my first two... I thought one of the questions and beat the pundit because you'll get it wrong. Mm-hmm. My first two were both rescinded. So it was that one, the Morton one, and it was, the, remember the Fraser 5 headbutt against oh, That's right. Rescinded as well. So you really you are... Go, you yeah. are... You're constantly the centre of miscarriage of justice is what yeah. you're telling us. I also don't think my my last one, my tackle on Lewis Ferguson, I don't think that was a red either. Do you remember? No. But I do, I do remember the gesture at Capelo, and nah, that was a disgrace. Even a disgrace. I, who have very little sympathy for you, <laughs> would concede you were nah, hard done by. I bet the Morton fans remember it, Jude. Did the Morton fans remember it? Probably as well. I mean, because you didn't even give it the full arm over. It was just a, it was just in the middle of the set, a circle, not even right next. I to was them. there. I was working at that as well. Oh, yeah. yeah, I remember it. Anyway, Jude, right. What we'll do here is toss the coin. You're up against it, I have to say, because he needs he, to be handy. He might be a bit of a. A hot head, but he's decent to beat the pundit, and uh, Roger Hanna's even better. So heads it's Andy, tails it's Roger. Look at that, perfect. The first Motherwell Morton oh. derby of the week. It is ahead. So what we do is give Andy some greatest hits radio to listen to, uh, just so that we he can't hear us. Uh, and Jude, it's pretty straightforward. You've got thirty seconds. Just um, answer as many as you can. All right. Yep. Pass if you don't know the answer. That's the advice I would give you. Ready. Yep. Right, nice one. 30 seconds on the clock. Your time starts now. Bevy.coms are the shirt sponsor of which Scottish Premiership team? Pass. What age is interim Aberdeen manager Neil Warnock? 75. Which two teams are in the SPFL Trust Trophy final? Uh, Rafe Rovers and Falkirk. Who's the Premiership's top scorer at the moment? Franklin. Lewis Ferguson scored against which team at the weekend? Inter Which championship team have now gone 12 games unbeaten? Greenock Morton. Who's got more Scotland caps, Scott Brown or Callum McGregor? Scott Brown. Okay, let's bring Andy Halliday back. Can you hear us, Andy? I can. 30 seconds, same set of questions. It's been a while. Yeah, I was, I was thinking that. No, it has like... been a while. Do you know what? I'm about to ruin your night. Why? And I, I, I've started now, but I shouldn't have brought this up because you'll now want to argue with this for the rest of the oh, show. Oh, right? don't tell me then. Just my, get my, my, my sheet says that you have played ten times this season and you've got a ninety percent win record no, because you, true, you lost really. the dodgy no. tiebreak, but you didn't actually no, lose it, did you? No. Was that not the night with the whole Germany whole city alone? The back. Yeah, no, I wouldn't hundred percent get that changed, but it could go to ninety now. Let's go. Anyway, thirty seconds on the clock. Your time starts now. Bevy.com are the shirt sponsor of which Scottish Premiership team? Come on. Up. What age is interim Aberdeen manager Neil Warnock? Seventy-five. Which two teams are in the SPFL Trust Trophy final? TNS and Airdrie. Who's the Premiership's top scorer Shankland. at the moment? Lewis Ferguson scored against which team at the weekend? Oh, Cagliari. Uh, which championship team have now gone 12 games unbeaten? Morton. Who's got more Scotland caps, Scott Brown or Callum McGregor? Brown. How many points currently separate Rangers and Hearts? 16. Oh, 
should answer that quicker they got another one Jude what do you think too good Ooh, I don't know he got a few wrong by his standards you hate shirt sponsors hate, stuff that's like a that. terrible question though terrible do you know you know, don't tell me you know that you better know, know he that, knows Roger. everything and likes Bevy you know as well I actually don't know do you ah, not see no. that's what you know it's a bad question Roger it's a tricky one not. because it's one of our bigger clubs and I've got the chance to be honest or lie here I would have no idea the Hibs it is Hibs and I looked I almost had, I had to look it up to, and write enough baby.com oh, anyway Neil Warnock 75 you both got it the Trust Trophy final is Airdrie and TNS one up to Halliday Shankland is the top scorer in the league at the moment so it stays one up Halliday because you both got it Lewis Ferguson scored against Sassuolo Lewis Ferguson against Josh Doig great goal as well wasn't yeah. it lovely finish he's flying over there I watched it genuinely like I, I, these questions are written in the afternoon you, you couldn't make this up I don't know when the last time we had a Morton fan on Beat the Pundit it so happens that the next question was which championship team have gone 12 games unbeaten Jude was bound to get it Andy got it as well uh, so it stays one up Halliday unfortunately that kind of spoils it because you both said the same thing for the Callum McGregor Scott Brown question it doesn't matter that you were both wrong Callum, Callum McGregor is 58 to Scott Brown's 55 and for the record there are only 10 points between Rangers and Hearts so I'm afraid Jude if it's some sort of omen it means the Steel Men are coming out on top on Friday or you get to share it out, which will not end well for Andy and I. But enjoy your week anyway. Thank you. Good man. Oh, that good. That was a poor performance. I'm disappointed with that. Oh, look at him. Honestly, he's now, now not happy if he wins because no, he doesn't do, do it in enough style. The only real one is that I watched Bologna Sassuolo. Like, I should yeah, have got that. I think you great. put him off at the start by reminding him of that defeat. I know that, that, that has annoyed me, to be honest with you. You didn't lose that. I know, Ali, I never... I actually have your back on that. But there we go. Um, and I actually told one of the That's like saying that you lost against Christopher Fairshire. He did lose against Christopher from Fairshire. Extenuating. So Christopher's had a difficult weekend. Has he? He has. He's lost some sheep. S- sorry? He's lost some sheep. He has a. Does he know that you're sharing this he's, information? He's, he's now a sheep owner who lost some sheep and has now been reunited with some sheep. <laughs> the problem was, every time he started to count them, he fell asleep. Oh come on you But all joking apart Yes he's been reunited with his sheep This is not the, This is not some sort of Crude no, no, segue no, Into, no, 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 into the, Neil Warnock's appointment Not at, at all the, no. the good people of Ayrshire Can rest easy in their beds Christopher from Ayrshire Is reunited with his flock Chris Boyd Lost sheep Yeah I don't know I don't know what's happening In this show honestly uh, I was going to say We'll get back to that But we won't ever Quite frankly 01419511025 Completely separate from what Roger was talking about, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go for such an obvious joke. Aberdeen fans, if you want to give us a call, please, and talk about Neil Warnock, please do. It's a really big story, really big appointment. So get your thoughts in. Uh, we've had lots of Celtic frustration there on the phones, and what it does mean, Stuart, who's a Rangers fan on the line, is that technically you can go top tomorrow. That's something I've not said in a long old time. What are you thinking? Hey, I'm I'm definitely going to say they'll go top tomorrow. I think they'll beat Aberdeen three nothing. And getting back to the manager situation at the other half, uh, I think the reason Rangers trusted their manager to get all the signings in, but the other half they didn't. That's why they didn't get a lot of signings, and I think it'll prove at the end of the season, and it'll be part two for Brendan Rodgers. That's what I think. Hmm. Um, so what, you're taking confidence You feel like Rangers are just Kind of cruising along and, and Celtic are not quite doing the same 
Yes, I look at the Rangers first. Uh, Stuart's lines a bit dodgy. Try and get that cleared up, Andy. Um, that is it. That's the reality. Stuart thinks it will be three nil. A three goal win would take Rangers top. I don't know if Philippe. Well, in fact, I do know Philippe Clement won't be bothered about that detail. You know whether they fall one goal short and all that sort of stuff. But there's a symbolism I think attached for fans. Yeah, I, I think they'll take any victory tomorrow. I think. Um, listen, we all believe in this new manager bounce. We've even seen it with. with uh, it's, it's, Peter, Le- Peter Levin, mm-hmm. Levin. Levin. Peter, Levin. Peter Levin obviously coming in and taking charge of Celtic gets that rea- uh, reaction for, uh, sorry gone. against Celtic getting that reaction for the Aberdeen players getting the result I think with Warnock coming in I wouldn't be surprised to see the best version of Aberdeen tomorrow night so it's going to be a difficult game uh, I think it will be a lot more difficult than the game Rangers had at the weekend against Livingston uh, and I'm sure Philip Clement will take any type of victory tomorrow Again, is, it, is that just a symbolic thing for fans or... or because managers will always come out as Philippe Clement has and say, not bothered about that and not looking yeah, at the, it. The, the 3-0 doesn't matter. Any Rangers fan, right now, if they could sign up for a 1-0 win against Aberdeen tomorrow night, they would take it. 100% they would. Get back level on points. Um, Rangers, for a couple of years there, from Stephen Gerrard onwards, seemed to toil a little bit coming out of the winter break. And there were times that it had a real damaging effect on their, their hopes of silverware. They've, they've come back really well. Three consecutive away wins um, coming out. Well, no one was at Dumbarton in the Cup. You've still got to go and win the games. But I thought the win at St Mirren, the win at Hibs were important. They won comfortably against Livy at the weekend. And I would expect them, and I think Stuart would as well, to win tomorrow night. I know what Andy means about the new manager bounce, but it's very difficult. Andy will have experienced this from both sides. Very difficult for teams to play one half of the old firm and then the other half of the old firm inside three or four days. Um, it takes a lot out of you, I think, getting that good result with a decent performance for Aberdeen on Saturday. It's going to take an awful lot of Neil Warnock's managerial nouse to get them back to a performance like that at Ibrox tomorrow night. I would expect Rangers to win the game. It was Aberdeen that ended it for Michael Beale, of course, Stuart, which seems like a long time ago now. It's the only opponent, apart from Celtic, domestically, that Philippe Clement's dropped points to. N- nothing in that. You think Rangers are a, a different animal at the moment? Yes, definitely. And go back to the point before the, the line went a wee bit bad. What I was saying, I had the difference between Rangers and Celtic just now. Rangers trust the manager and Celtic don't. And that's how I think you could probably see it, but I probably will think it'll be Brendan Rodgers part two, but definitely what I've seen with this manager, you can see him with his players when, he's, when, he, when they come off, if they get substitute, he always gives them a hug, gets them going and all that, that's a difference. Michael Beale just sat, sat, sat down there with his arms folded and never, he, I, I don't think he had the, the dressing room which we knew anyway, that's the difference between Ranger and Celtic in the last four or five months. I'm sure there's more than hugs in it, um, has been the difference Andy, but it much like what we did with Celtic in the first part of the show, when when you feel like things are going well, then everything looks like it's good. Mm-hmm. When you feel like things aren't going well, everything looks like it's bad. So that's just par for the course, I suppose. Yeah, but listen, Philippe Clement inherited a squad that were under fire, under pressure. A lot of Rangers fans questioning if, if, if a lot of them are good enough within the squad, especially the equipment that, that Rangers done in the summer. But much like we spoke about Rodgers not getting the best out of Celtic's current crop, Philippe Clement had, had an upturn mm. in individual performances throughout the full squad. John, John Linson looks like a different player. Even the much maligned Serie Odessas, I think, is, is improved. I think he's been very good recently. And again, you even look at, listen, Aberdeen tomorrow is going to be a tough fixture, but in Rangers fans, Philippe Clement, Rangers won't be looking too far ahead, but Rangers' next 10 games, seven at home, 
So they're in a position where if they win tomorrow, they can put a real run together. And is that why this all does, for a lot of people, look so good for Philippe Clement and like the way Glasgow is? If things look good for him, they have to look bad yeah. for his, his yeah. opponent. The, you know, Brendan Rodgers, for the Celtic fans who called in in the first hour, isn't getting the maximum out of what he's got. Whereas maybe you could say Philippe Clement is, because I don't think any Rangers, I've still not had any Rangers fans phone in here and say they think that the squad's perfect or that they're all playing out their skin, but the, the, it's it's coming together, whatever it is that's happening. Yeah, there was an interesting dynamic, I thought, when the two managers spoke on Friday, Gordon, before their game. Transfer window shuts on Thursday night and the two managers spoke on Friday. Now, Brendan Rodgers was reacting to a transfer window where... He didn't get the four players that he'd said he wanted. Fans were unhappy. And Brendan sort of said the board need to show more bravery in transfer windows. Now, contrast that with Philippe Clement, who didn't get a striker, who didn't get a left-back that he wanted, but came out and thanked the Rangers board for you know, keeping hold of Jack Butland, for keeping hold of Red Van Yelmaz. And there just seemed to be a greater togetherness at the minute and everyone at the football department at Rangers compared to everyone in the football department at Celtic you then go into weekend fixtures Celtic drop points Rangers win, win their game and suddenly you know if Rangers win tomorrow night they're back level mm. with Celtic and it, it's just you know an interesting dynamic at the minute I understand where Stuart's coming from and I think for the first time Brendan Rodgers is in a real title fight Gary's and Pollock what's your take on it Gary? Oh, yeah, this, I was just um, uh, thanks for taking my call. Pleasure. Uh, I was just phoning in to say basically what the last caller just said there about Philip Clement just just running riot. I just think the guy's going to take over. I really do. He's got Balligan playing brilliant. John Lundstrom playing brilliant. He's got Silvers now off the mark. Dessels scored. I just I can't see the guy no winning the treble. I know it's a big shout, but I just can't see the treble no coming to Rangers this year. Wow. That's, that that's, is a big shout. Uh, Gary's excited, which again is fine because it's obviously possible. We know that it's only realistically Rangers or Celtic that will win the league. They both would be outstanding favourites for the cup. So well, you get it, and Rangers are the only one that can do it domestically. Um, is, that's the type of this is where you see the real difference between fan excitement and hmm. what Philippe Clement will be thinking, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, but I'm, go- I'm going to tie my point into what Roger just spoke about with Philippe Clement. You know, thanking the board for the work, the work they've done in January, what he brought in, we obviously the three transfer windows. The reason I still make Celtic slight favourites is because they never got Philippe Clement at number nine. Because I still believe that that is where Rangers are ultimately going to be shot. Now, I think Des has improved, absolutely. Fabio Silvers came in. I think he actually said in his initial uh, interview that he doesn't feel as if he's a number nine. He's someone that can play across the front three. But I think with Danilo being injured for what seems as if it's the majority of the season, Sima obviously being injured for the next two or three months. I think Rangers need that guy that they're, they're going to rely on in the tight games, the big games, it's going to score them 10, 15 goals from now at the end of the season. I think that is the one reason that, that I'm not making them favourites for the league right now. Gary, I love your confidence. I love your belief. You're just forgetting one thing. Air United on Saturday night. <laughs> Aye. I just the honest men like, are coming. I've confidence to manage all this since Walter. You know, we've not had that stability and I just feel we've got that stability with, with Clement. And then the other side of the city you've got where the fans turning on Brendan Rodgers and Peter Lowell and the fans are all getting chucked mm. out of the stadium and all the rest of it. It's just in turmoil over there so I just can't see them doing anything. I can only see going down the way. It just doesn't take much, does it, to to flip things here? Like 
Celtic have obviously won the two head-to-heads between the teams yeah. this season. If they were to go to Ibrox and win the third, I think things would obviously feel very different. But at the same time, there's a lot of football to be played before then. Yeah, listen, there is, and there's an awful lot of football. Games are coming thick and fast, as Andy said. I think the Angels in the next few days have got Aberdeen at home, Air at home, as I mentioned in the cup. Then is it Ross County at home next week? Seven of the next ten at home. So the fixtures are looking as friendly to Philip Clement as they possibly could at this stage of the season. Um, Celtic, I would fully expect Celtic to go, you know, and win at Easter Road and Wednesday night. I know everything that's come before, everything that's been discussed by Celtic fans in the show tonight, but Hibs quite frankly, were rotten at home to St Mirren on Saturday. I cannot see Hibs taking anything at all from Celtic in midweek. But Sunday afternoon at Paisley could, could be a tricky one. You know, Celtic went out one cup down mm-hmm. at Kilmarnock earlier in the season. They will need to tread, and I know at Christmas time they went or two up after six minutes in Paisley. They might need to dig in and get a performance like that to make sure they get through to the last eight. Well, win the treble, says Gary and Pollock, Rangers fan. Why not give us your thoughts whilst I tell you about this? Clyde One, live, celebrating the first 50 years. Yes, in case you missed it, we are bringing back Clyde One live for the last 50 years. Clyde One have brought you some of the best and most memorable live gigs in the country. And we felt it was time to do it again. It's part of our 50th birthday celebrations, taking over the Ovo Hydro on Friday the 31st of May. And of course, we want you to be there. We've got some huge names joining us as we celebrate the biggest and best radio station in Glasgow in the West. I'm sure you'll agree. The full lineup will be revealed very soon. No truth in the rumours that they're just finding out what acts Hugh Keevans wants to see uh, added to the bill. But if you want to secure your place before they sell out, set your alarm for the tickets going on sale Wednesday morning at 8.13. You can find all the details at Clyde1.com Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141-951-1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy and Roger Hanna are here I'm still reeling from the conversation Roger Hanna was grilling Andy Halliday What an interrogation it was as to What he's going to eat tonight And then tomorrow because Motherwell have got a big game Particularly, well, he started off by saying He was going home for tuna pasta But you're not having, you're not a fan No, I'm not a huge fan But he was explaining this is what he has The night before a game And I was just asking What, what do you have tomorrow? On the day of the game This game. fascinated me Because it is a night game And this to me, I, I must admit Obviously why I'm not an athlete I find this a bit strange So at half past four or whatever Three hours my, before the my game My dinner will be porridge You'll have a bowl of porridge At like four f- f- Half four half tomorrow four, afternoon yeah. Porridge just, Fruit just, and yoghurt Eh sorry Porridge, fruit and honey Just feels wrong Roger Hanna I just couldn't No it's nothing wrong with it Porridge is one of those Scottish things that I could force myself to have it in the morning Because it feels right Well I like porridge But I'm just not oh, sure I, I could have it at Quarter to five at night oh, Can you not get something that does the equivalent You know what I mean At night that's like Tastier? Uh, I don't know, good question. Because with all your teammates, you'll be the only one, surely. I've done it for so long, it's just a routine now. Before every game, I'll have porridge. What 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 do others do? Is that normal for people to have? Do others have. It'll be on the rice. I'm not sure, to be honest with you. Chicken, pasta, and that sort of stuff. I'm not a big pasta eater the day of a game either. Uh, It's too bad. bad A bit bloated, I Porridge for your dinner. Mm. Do you not eat porridge now? It's fine. I like just porridge. not for dinner. Yeah, I like yeah, porridge yeah. as well. I like porridge. Nah, I don't know. I just, it just. It See feels... if I'm feeling adventurous. I might slap a wee spoonful of jam in there. Wow. Go wild. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Would we say we'll this go has this has this gone into full superstition territory? No, do you think? no. It's just routine. It's just routine. Like if I, if I if mm. I didn't have porridge, I wouldn't think. Oh no, we're going to get beat. I'm going. And then 
now, that's a home game so I take you have that in the house and then you go to the game yeah. when you've got an away game at Campolo on Friday you'll be with the rest of the team yep team hotel porridge team hotel so they, they will do you oh they'll provide porridge absolutely porridge with your Listen, old Roger, little I know, I know Motherwell are not like the, the, the most extravagant <laughs> club but we, we can arrange a bowl of porridge I know but which would you I, think I, he's asking for I can for? just imagine you know he's into it's no caviar he's looking for Greenock's fanciest hotel and says can I have a bowl of porridge nah, it's quarter thing. five at night you get the, you get the boi- fish and chips. boil in the pot stuff eh the going to do me a favour Gonna get. I, I want to know what the Dazzlers pre-match was for his no, career. Please, I, I, I can tell you. Be steak Find and out before eight o'clock. Have you never heard about? The, can he be steak and chips? There was a reserve team episode when he was at Man City. You never heard yeah. that. No. Don't it was at Fulham. He get caught. The oh, I did. Drove past and he was I eating did. fish and chips I at did. the side of the road. So that's something. This up. is a man who went in the team bus with Eddie Large. You could go to his team, uh, his flat for pre-match. No, no, thank you. Did you hear about? Uh, I've all gone well off track here, but you when Ronnie Dyler was a Celtic manager, they, that was a, it was a free for all pre match. You could have whatever you want chips, pizza, Seriously? burgers. Telling you right now, ask I it. I thought he was strict, so nah. strict the rest of the time. He he believed apparently that like your full fat stuff well, is, he was big in the what, fats. Yeah. That's what I remember. Like, I, but I'm talking about full fat cans of coke. But did he not ban pre-match? I'm telling you. Uh, you not, I'm not I think sure. The rest of, for the rest of the for week. the rest of the week, then, then you could uh, do. Yeah, telling you. Chase that up and do, I'm, I'm right So aside from the food Do you do you have a superstitious Pre-match routine? Eh, uh, nah Nah It's just uh, Nah Just routine But I, I don't have any superstitions When it comes to Big week Big week It is Absolutely Motherwell on Friday The performances Morton. are there Just need the, the wins Like you said It's 46 draws in a row so. Will yourself and the Dazzler Be bolting out of here Tomorrow night Straight for Fur Park? The Dazzler won't. He won't. Do you know, I'm, I'm thinking about it because it feels important. It feels like an important yeah, game. It's important. It used to be a no-brainer when I lived in Motherwell and mm-hmm. you go right past Fir Park to mm-hmm. get home, so it made sense. Now it's really out my way to only catch the second half, which means I'll only see 20 minutes of him yeah. before he comes off. Uh-huh. 15. <laughs> but, um, but I think I might, you know. I think it needs it. Do you, do you get an early bus home? Is that why they keep taking you off? No, absolutely not. I've not played a lot of football, Roger, you know. How's that been, actually, you you feeling okay? No, I feel you're, good. You're looking at what? Yeah, feel three, good. Three, four games in however yeah. many days, having not played. Feel good. It, to be honest, surprised myself in terms of uh, how I felt after the games. I, I felt I, I didn't have any doubt that during the game would be okay. You'd be, you know, a little bit lack of match uh, fitness, but I, I thought recovery wise, I thought it would be an issue. No, I feel alright. I've been choked for a game of paddle, you and Evan. Wow. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Anyway, right, we've been distracted. I'm about to bring in Tony, who has got thoughts on Neil Warnock. I've been looking forward to this section of the show. Let me very quickly give you this question. The Full Time Teaser with Universal Interiors East Kilbride, where their made-to-measure wardrobes are always on the ball. Sidetracked by Andy Halliday and his porridge addiction. Any, anyway, Hugh Evans has texted him to say, "What about cold beans?" That we're was not his going, We're not going that far. Um, let me quickly give you the question. Don't even give me any answers just now. I want to move on quickly. The Crazy Pony sent this in. I'm going to make it even shorter for you. Can you name six players who have more than forty appearances for Celtic or Rangers in the Scottish top flight without scoring a single goal? Now, the time frame from this. We're asking a lot of you Is 1999 onwards I don't know how you're supposed to do this But six players More than 40 appearances For Celtic or Rangers In the Scottish top flight Without scoring a single goal And it's since 1999 onwards So hard Very hard Right You get back to it Tony Aberdeen fan Neil Warnock Yes or no Are you having that? Evening Tom Green She's all Yeah I'm having it Um, I was on last week I said I thought that should be Your point in the neck Yeah 
Good. So, um, so he's here. Did you think it would happen? Do you always think it was realistic? I thought so. Yeah, yeah. From the notice mentioned, he's an old school manager. We've had too many rookies in there. Back to day six, you know, there's probably a few prima donnas in every squad like this, and uh, maybe that's what's needed. I mean, I listen, there's. Needed, right? I think seventy-five old school would certainly, certainly cover it. Um, Roger, it feels like this is split into a couple of different departments here profile size of personality eyes on Aberdeen this is it's about as it's about as much of a box office appointment as Aberdeen could have made is that is that fair oh yeah box office yeah great for the media I think it's a fantastic appointment from my point of view <laughs> of course it is and then the rest is is it is he the right football manager to take Aberdeen forward um I don't know is the answer. You've got to tell you. Aberdeen have tried various things since Steve Cormack took the helm and parted company with Derek McInnes. They've gone down the, the American line, if you like, by bringing Stephen Glass back from Atlanta. Didn't work. They've gone for the hot ticket in the Premiership at the time was Jim Goodwin. That didn't work. They've gone for the internal appointment of Barry Robson and that didn't work. So they're now going down a different line. It's Neil Warner, huge experience. I think this is his 17th club that he's managed. He's been in the game 57 years. He's won the championship. He's won promotion umpteen times. He will not lack for enthusiasm for the job. But everyone's agreed it's only the job to the summer. Um, I don't think Aberdeen see it going beyond then. I don't think Neil Warnock sees it going beyond then. And... The task for Neil Warnock, you know, normally when he takes a team at this time of year, it's to keep them up like he did with Huddersfield last season. The task for Neil Warnock is to get Aberdeen into Europe. Um, and I think it's quite a big task because hearts are over the horizon and gone. 12 points clear of the fourth place team. And 10 behind Rangers, according and 10 to behind Rangers. And what would the irony be of Aberdeen losing out to a Derek McInnes team for the last European place? Andy, what do you make of the appointment? Yeah, Roger quite rightly said, I think he'd dream it when he, when he got the Huddersfield jobs to keep him in the league. I think his uh, interim job when he got Rotherham, I think it was in 2018 or 19, was probably the same. I think down this, the, the route with Aberdeen, it's to steady the ship, get them points from now to the end of the season. And I think he's done that throughout his career. So, yeah, I, I think from a football perspective, you can see why he's coming in from now to the end of the season. But I'm more than, I'm more convinced than the... And the, the, other, the other version that I'm quite like The box office to. Oh, honestly. I've, I've always loved them. Always, lo- always loved his interviews. We've all seen the video comparison between him and Pep in the dressing rooms. I mean, I'd love to be a fly in the wall at Petodi for some of his, some of his after, after post-match talks. Yeah, I mean, Tony, what type of job do you think he'll do then? Because I get the, the point the guys are making about steadying the ship, but I know Aberdeen were struggling, but were they really going to go down with a squad like that? Surely this is not about steadying things. Surely he's, there's still enough there that he's going to be expected to achieve something. No, we'll, we'll not go down, that's never a danger. I'm still pretty confident we can make fourth place. Um, the squad's there that's in place, I've said that before, it showed against uh, Celtic on Saturday, the, the players were there, they were all in place. Hopefully we can get the big full of Duke going again as well. Yeah, Roger, um, it's, a, it's a heck of a... Because I'm always wary of when, when you kind of pigeonhole a manager and say, well, he's young and inexperienced, and that didn't work, so therefore the next guy needs to be in his 70s. I don't really, that doesn't really make sense because there can be loads of good young managers, there can be loads of bad young managers, good older managers and, and bad. It needs to just be the right, the right guy for the job ultimately, yeah, and, surely. And I would completely agree with that. And what I will say in favour of this interim appointment is that Dave Cormack and Alan Burrows 
now have bought themselves four months to make sure they get the right guy in the summer. Doesn't matter if he's 75 or 25. They need to get the guy who's going to take Aberdeen forward in the long term Mm. from this summer. They cannot have a situation where every January or February they're searching for a new manager. It's unsustainable. Um, so Neil Warnock will buy him a bit of time I'm thoroughly looking forward to it he's going to fill my newspaper he's going to fill the chat shows and he's going to imagine what he's going to be like when he meets Dave Galloway up there well, so it's going to be great but, but come the summer Aberdeen who are a proper football club they're one of the big city clubs in this country they need to make a proper appointment in the summer yeah I mean Tony is more interested in results and what happens on the pitch for us here Andy when you look at a, a a football environment that we've got that's already quite high on on drama and controversy when you just add them in with, oh. the, with the Davy Martindales and Derek Adams and Craig Levine's of the world and some of the madness that we get ourselves embroiled in our VAR our referees can you see it being a, a recipe for success I can and I can already envisage some of the wee snippets you're going to play for these no. press conferences and I'm really looking forward to it but listen he's not exactly inheriting a bad squad is he? No. I think he's been in a lot worse situations than he's been in now you actually look at even Aberdeen's team, uh, team at the weekend you'll get their bench Johnny Hayes Sockler who they paid what was a half a million pound for or something like that mm-hmm. Duke who was probably their best player last season if not certainly their second best player so I think he's inheriting a good squad and Leighton Clarkson's another one I'm sure he'll We'll get a tune out of them and uh, Aberdeen will be fine this season, that's for sure. You'd be delighted to walk in and find Bojan Miofsky in a team that's, yeah. suppo- you know, uh, yeah. not in crisis, but they're in such a situation that they've had to bin off the previous manager. You walk in and find players like that, surely there's scope there. Yeah, I, I actually think they've got a decent squad at Aberdeen. I think mm-hmm. they've got good players there. I know he's made a couple of mistakes lately. I don't think Kelleroos is the worst goalkeeper in the league. Nicky Devlin, a very good right back. Um, I like the lad Barron in midfield. Andy mentioned him earlier on, who wasn't always a first pick under Barry Robson. I think he might be now. Um, Clarkson, a decent player. Jamie McGrath at Premiership level is a good player who scored goals. And for some reason, Duke hasn't played at all this season. Don't know why. I've no idea. But if you can get him playing the way he played last season and get him up with Miofsky again, then I think Aberdeen mm. will enjoy a good finale to the season. I'm not convinced it's going to be good enough to get into the top four. Mm, thank you to Tony. Let's hear from the man himself. He has been speaking today, his first press conference, uh, and he says that he wants to instill oh, some pride back to the Dons. Finishing as high as we can and winning the cup. I don't think there's anything else, is there? If the players give me everything here, I've got goose pimples now, I tell you, but if the players give me everything, I'll man their corner. I'd be disappointed if people pull out tackles or headers or they don't stop with the men on centre-halves, try dribbling it when they shouldn't do. You know, there's so many little habits. But, you know, the days have changed where you can go off like I used to do. You've got to try and do it in a right way. I want the pride back in. I think Aberdeen's... One of them clubs me that you know you, you you kiss the badge and you mean it really not you know you watch the Premier League and they kiss the badge and they're off next week you know it's an opportunity. Acknowledging that he maybe uh, <laughs> can't go off the way that he used to, I disagree. Just listen. No, I disagree as well. I disagree as well. I'm sure Duke would Duke would react well to that. For sure. I think so. Definitely. I'm sure. Um, I just can't. I mean, like obviously. It's the Hugh Keevans and Neil Watt. I feel like we need to bring them together. Two of the elder statesmen of the Scottish game. Mm. Over tea and a scone. 150 wonder, years wonder, of Neil life Warnock experience Tony between them. I'm sure he will. Should we 
cold beans between them <laughs> honestly match made in heaven anyway any more thoughts on Neil Warnock please do I've got some more that we could play if we get time this teaser is really difficult I wouldn't know where to begin but you two are much smarter than me can you name six players who have more than 40 appearances for Celtic or Rangers and they've not scored a single goal obviously it's outfield players right it goes without saying and it's since 1999 we're asking a lot of you this is just to noise him up Alec Ray no he said I'm sure he scored in Europe well, well, listen, did you see the picture of Philippe Clement picking him up today? No. Have you seen this? Have you no. not seen it? No, obviously there's like there's the obvious haircut similarity mm-hmm. between the two. Mm-hmm. And they're all like Philippe mm-hmm. Clement goes up behind him, big bear hug, and lifts him up. <laughs> and I was there at the time, um during the kind of media training access that they have, and one of the snappers got it. It's a great picture. Um, but I don't know if Alex will be too pleased to see that people have taken to Twitter because you know they don't miss a trick. Mini me when he's strapped to the front of Doctor <laughs> Evil. Is he when he's in like the papoose or something, or he's picking Probably. him up? I'll show you. It is. It's it's quite good. Um, no, not Alex Ray. No, the mushroom got one, so it can't be him. It's not him. Bjorklund. No, it's a, such a tough question. What about Mo Kamara? No. Where would you even start? I mean, honestly, I know, the crazy I've got a couple Nin- that are just... 99's obviously a clue. So somebody who's about 99... And, and Riku Anoni? I'm thinking, though, that... Right, here's a clue to get you up and running. Mm-hmm. There is one who's a current member of the Rangers team, and he has scored, but not in the top flight. So these are league goals. All oh, right, OK. So who's going to have hardly scored any? Quick! Who's going to hardly have scored any league goals? Balligan? Yes, Leon Balligan. No! Wow! I don't know if we'll get this. I don't know. Yeah, apparently no league goals yet. But anyway, this could be tough. We'll get the rest of the answers next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hannah and Andy Halliday are here. It's the final part of the show, which means they're tackling this full-time teaser. It's one of the, the most difficult ones we've had. If you've got any suggestions out there, please send them in. Uh, and more importantly, if you want to submit a question... For the guys to try and tackle, please do full time at Clyde1.com. Send an email with your question on it. And as usual, a thanks to Universal Interiors East Bride for helping us out. It does not need to be anywhere near as difficult as this. This is brutal. Since 1999, there are six outfield players who've got more than 40 appearances for Celtic or Rangers in the top flight, but have never scored. Matthew wants to throw in Paul Telfer on Twitter. That is not correct. What did you did you have any before the break? Balligan, Balligan. you just got Balligan. Balligan. Okay, Ian Murray. Yes, Ian Murray. Forty three league appearances, no goals. I'm going to go Steve Guppy. Don't bother. No. What about? Don't uh, waste my time. Some opposition. Lee Naylor. No, there is a Celtic fullback, mm. but a bit before that era. Before okay. that era. Yeah. Stephen May. Mm, nope. There's no I get that. No. no Bobby Fetter? Yes. Really? Now, that's not who I was alluding to. Because he was played further up, didn't he? He scored against I. It was I. Um, yeah. League goals, 52 league appearances, and no goals. No goals? Yeah. Bobby Petter. But there is a Celtic fullback. Yes. Who scored fewer goals in the mushroom. <laughs> Indeed, yep. Wow. 41 appearances, this guy. So he sneaks in on the appearance list. Let's hear a bit more from Neil Warnock. He has been speaking today about what he's made of that Aberdeen squad that he's inherited. I know it's a long way. Sharon, my wife, said, Aberdeen. (laughs) But 
It's not for the money. I mean, I've, I've had some good offers in the last six, eight weeks, and um, I'd like to have a go in this league, and I'd like to have a go with a, a club like this. Yes, I can't change the squad uh, because, you know, the window's closed now. Um, it probably is a little bit light in certain areas, um, but I'm not going to worry about that. It's just do what I can do with what we've got, and, and like I say, try and enjoy it. And I was going to start next week, but you know the 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 lure of taking over for a game like tomorrow night is you know is too good, really. Yeah, he's up for it tomorrow night. Ian's a Rangers fan. Ian, there's a lot of spice added to what's already quite a tasty fixture. Anytime these sides meet, you've got Neil Warnock in the building in the dugout, and the chance for Rangers to go top. Your fellow Rangers fans are on saying you're going to win the treble. How do you feel? Um, I'm not. I'm. I, I, Season's going on. I'm actually the closer Rangers are getting to Celtic and all the hype with Rangers fans. I just want it kind of tapered a little bit with a bit of realism that Celtic are, they're not going to give up this title easily. And we've still to play Aberdeen tomorrow, who always, always give us a hard game. Um, and they've got obviously Neil Warnock in, who's a bit of a character, and he'll have them up for it, mate. No mistake about it. Um, there's a long way to go, and Rangers fans are coming on and talking about the treble. I would love to do that as well. I mean, I think Rangers, the, the impetus is where them. There's a lot going right at Rangers, and there's stuff going wrong at Celtic, but I'm too long in the tooth to think 100% that Rangers are going to go on and win the league. And if whoever wins the league, I, I genuinely don't think there'll be much in it. But um, I'm just glad to be where they are just now because I genuinely thought a few months ago that it was probably over that if Rangers get beat in the league with single points maybe eight or six points then I thought they'd have done well but to get back where they are I'm really grateful for that and that's just where I am just now I just don't want to look too far ahead Ian is going for a job in football management one game at a time Um, we can get a bit more excited about certain things in it as said there, Roger, it's not a fixture that needs much more. It's always always one of our standouts. But you had the symbolic chance for Rangers to go top. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry, the symbolism of that chance. And Neil Warnock into the mix. Loads and loads of layers. Absolute cracker. Rangers could go top tomorrow. It's Neil Warnock's first game as Aberdeen manager. Aberdeen, on their last visit to Ibrox, finished off Michael Beale. Rangers then beat Aberdeen in the Viaplay Cup final before Christmas. There is the traditional rivalry between the two teams. Aberdeen coming to Ibrox off the back of a good point against Celtic at the weekend. So, layer upon layer of drama tomorrow night. And it's one really to look forward to. Been interesting to see Rangers team for tomorrow night. Because, you know, Philippe Clement's quite often made changes when there's been this quick turnaround in games. He's already said Brian Jack won't be in the squad. Does that mean Raskin comes back and it's yeah. starting 11? Is there a place for Diamandi on the bench? Although he's not played a lot of football recently. Wouldn't be surprised to see Cortez make his debut either. So well, He came on at the weekend, but you mean, do you think he could go from the start? Yeah, I think he could. Yeah. I think he will, to be honest with you. Wow. I think there'll be a few changes. I think Dessers will come back in for Fabio Silva, even though he's just got his first goal as well. So, uh, listen, I think even the... You know, the, the sight of Cortez in the start 11 alone will get the mm. fans excited Fabio Silva did all the press duties today of course which he means did. he probably will be in the bench exactly. scuppering <laughs> your plans and my plans exactly correct for tomorrow which can uh, sometimes happen although but I did say something similar on Friday when Leon Balligan came up to do the media I thought why is he doing it he won't play tomorrow and then he did mm. and then he got injured well what about him very quickly though because at the weekend I said this on Friday he, he did the press on Friday and he was kind of laughing and joking saying 
Well, I better, I better be in the European squad because otherwise me and the manager are going to fall out and then later at night, he's not in it. Really? Yeah, it, yeah. it kind of got I've lost a bit that. because it was, over, it was over the weekend at the transfer and a lot was happening. Um, and don't get me wrong, he was joking, but obviously not really to, to yeah. sort of say it. And what a predicament that was for Philippe Clement. Yeah, very tough. Uh, such was the sort of lopsidedness in the end of the you know the balance of the squad that was submitted originally. Uh, you could obviously only make three changes, and they had three January transfer uh, signings. Yelmaz was another one who obviously so Cortez missed out as well. Cortez missed out as well. Obviously, you fully expected Yelmaz to come back yep. in because it seems as if he is that sort of starting left back now. Uh, and then the other two were, were obviously tough to be up for grabs. I think, I think it's a nonsense. You said in the show on Saturday, it's a nonsense. Same in this English Premier League, you, know, you can only have 25 players in your squad in Europe, Europe you know, 25 players in your squad. Mm. If a player's contracted to the football club, the player should be allowed to play in the fixture. I think it's a nonsense. Anyway, we don't have time to delve into it. Maybe at a future date, you've got more to give me in this teaser if you can. Six players, more than 40 appearances for Celtic or Rangers in the top flight since 99. No goals scored in that competition, so... Bobby Petta, uh, Ian Murray, Leon Balligan, Jeremy Tolian. No, this guy's a Celt. Zurab, yep. well done, well oh, done. That's okay, nice. a Celtic centre half of the first Neil Lennon era, and a Celtic fullback who, like an academy graduate, but going back up, going, going back a bit, going back. Academy graduate, of, yeah, to do his local Scottish all that sort of stuff. It's gone way back. The Tony Ralston of his day. Uh, yeah, why not? I don't know. Stick, talk to me about the centre half of the new Lennon era then. Mastorovic have said I no. can think Comper never played no, 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 Neil Lennon. So we're talking Barcelona, Tony Watt era, very much so. Oh, I played that night. Forrest. Kelvin Wilson. Yeah, Kelvin, Kelvin Wilson. Wilson. Okay. Do you want out your misery with the other one? Because it is tough. Give us, an, give us an era further back. Yeah, I'd say sort of early 2000s. Early 2000s. Yeah, it must have been that era, yeah, yeah. It was wing bags in those days. No, Stephen Craney need to go. Oh. We are back at six o'clock tomorrow.